What's up, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the MWF series. This is episode number 34, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so for this episode, we're going to be talking to fans of various clubs because it was the final game week. So we're going to be talking to fans of clubs from across all the major leagues or most of the major leagues because it was quite a tense sort of game week for most of them. So We'll start with part one. And for part one, we're going to be talking about the tense clash at the top of La Liga between Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. And to help me talk through their thoughts or talk about their uh, their thoughts during the game yesterday, we've got two guests on the podcast. We've got Archil, who is a Metodista, who's a Real Madrid fan, and he is also a member of the official Bombay Pena, which is the Madrid supporters group in Mumbai, India. And we've got Sominil, who is the Atletico Madrid supporter. He's been on the podcast before, and Sominil is the founder of the Atletico supporters group in India, Atleti India. So I'm glad we could have them on here and I can't wait to hear what they thought of the game week yesterday. It was a very tense game because both matches were happening simultaneously and this is a spoiler alert, Atletico won the game and they were able to clinch the title and yeah, here we are with both of them. I think we just showed the world that uh, why must you have that sort of a lead? Because if, if in case anything goes wrong, you can still hold on to it. Uh, yeah. at the end of the season <laughs> and that's basically what happened it actually it all went all wrong with the covid and the injuries and also with the tripier ban and we suffered enormously but in the end we showed the medal to hold on to it and clinch the title awesome and i just wanted to know obviously when the match started Valladolid, they were actually beating atletico you guys were trailing 1-0 for quite a while what were your thoughts then? Did you have one eye on the Madrid game and were you slightly relieved to see them as well trailing? Actually, I was uh, quite a bit interested in only my game and I I actually wanted to avoid totally the Madrid game. We, we were just focused that we need to win the match and do it uh, within uh, within our own selves. But when you watch La Liga, they generally tend to show what happens in other yeah. matches. So when we went down, it was actually the first goal of the whole match week. Of the whole match day, sorry. And uh, I was thinking of, fuck, it's going to go down to the wire. And yeah. uh, by saying that, uh, only just a minute later, uh, we saw a notification came on that uh, Jeremy Pin of VRL has scored. But uh, that didn't uh, settle our nerves at all because we knew that Madrid is going to come back. So, we have to win the game. Yeah, and after uh, the halftime, and uh, we were thinking that this might just go out of our hand. So, mine were quite same as uh, Sominal's because, uh, again, when we were playing a game, we we already, you know, we obviously knew what was happening in the Atletico game. The commentators kept talking about uh, zero all and then, you know, that Atletico have conceded and then Atletico scored. So we all, we always knew what was happening in that game, and uh, yeah, I mean when Atletico conceded that goal, you know, I was I, I was literally jumping, and just a few seconds later, Real Madrid conceded. So you know that was that was completely like a puncture, you know, for joys because it it was such a great thing to see Atletico concede because you know when when you are on the final match day when you when you want the win and you're one nil down. It is it is so difficult. It is so difficult for any team, and you know, not, not just 
Real Madrid or Barcelona or Atletico, you know, it's, it's for, for every team. And, you know, the, the best thing about yesterday's game was that Real Valladolid was playing to survive in the league. And Villarreal was playing to uh, survive for the Europa League. So, you know, it wasn't just a game for the teams to decide, you know, who was the champion. We were also looking at a team who wanted to stay in La Liga. And we were also looking at a team who are going to play a Europa League final. And they were playing for a spot in the Europa League. So, you know, it was a, it was a, it was an unbelievable clash, you know, for both the teams. And it was just so exciting. Right. And yeah, that always adds a little more drama, right? The fact that the teams that you're playing against do have something to play for. You can imagine if, some, if you were playing against someone who's in 13th or 14th and their season's already done for, and then you're like, okay, I mean, it's not too much, but you know, the other team also is fighting for a lot. And I, I forgot about Villarreal's, you know, their hunt for the Europa League spot because all for me prior to that game was they're probably going to go in with a weakened squad because they've got one eye on the final against Manchester United. And that is probably right. But I think that is definitely key. And you've seen, like Swamina mentioned there, the Atletico game, you know, Atletico conceded first. So seeing that and the fact that the goal that Madrid conceded should have actually probably been ruled out for, for handball, if I'm not mistaken, against Baca, you know, what were your thoughts going during that particular moment? So I uh, did not really uh, know what was the scene with the, uh, you know, with the, with the referees because I really don't know if that was handball or not. But uh, what was just going through my head is that we have really done very bad defending, and we have conceded a conceded a chance because when you know if if we wouldn't have conceded that goal. Uh, you know, in the minds of Atletico players, it was it would always have been one nil down, one nil down, and you know we have to come back, we have to come back, we have to score two goals, and Real Madrid are you know are winning or you know drawing or whatever, but they yeah. are getting the result they want, and we are not getting. So you know that would have been crucial uh, yesterday, but you know the fact that we conceded literally seconds after they conceded, you know, I mean that really sums up the way Real Madrid season has gone because you know all through the thirty eight match weeks. Atletico have always been looked like the champions. You know, they've always been on the top of the table. And Real Madrid have always been second or third or, you know, whatever on the on the table. And, you know, we have always played like the second fiddle. So, you know, Atletico showed leadership. They conceded. They scored again. And, you know, Suarez uh, won, uh, won the game for them. You know, I mean, even we played well because, you know, we obviously scored two goals in the last seven, eight minutes to you know, get us the three points. But I mean, you know, Atletico were always playing like champions. Right. And Sominal, I suppose that leads me on to the fact that you did come back in that game. And that's similar to what we saw in the previous game week as well, where you were trailing for quite a bit and then you, I mean, Suarez managed to score, I think, or was it Suarez? Or I'm not sure who scored in that game as well. Yeah, yeah Lodi and Suarez. Lodi and Suarez, exactly. And so we're seeing here again that, you were trailing. And so, did you have that belief that you've seen it once before, you'll see it again, that Atletico will score? Uh, before saying that, actually, uh, at the match day 37, we were really tensed, uh, but we knew that we were playing at home and we, we generally come back at home. So, I had my faith until the last minute in that uh, match day 37. But at the away game, it was a totally different ball game because last time we came back uh, from being a goal down was back at uh, 2016 at Espanyol. So it it wasn't really our forte to come back in a, le- in a league away game 
so that we did come back and uh, scored the winner uh, was totally not coming to my head i was actually tensed and thank god korea came up with the goods and uh, to poke that finish and also it was vadalic's fault actually that they gave the ball away at open space to suarez and suarez went one on one with against the goalkeeper and scored the winner and talking about suarez this is a player that was kind of discarded by barcelona for being probably too old and a bit injury prone we i mean he's only had that one major injury but you know they discarded him because they thought that he doesn't have what it takes to win the big trophies what do you have to make for it? because he's now helped atletico win a major title and sort of barcelona are in no man's land right now actually when he was playing at barcelona i always uh, seen suarez as that he always has such a great luck at in front of goal he generally yeah. scores even though he misses uh, uh, two or three in a match he'll generally score and also he has a very good luck with the la liga, uh, la liga title too it is uh, now f- uh, five titles in like seven years uh, so it's totally a uh, unbelievable achievement for for him personally so when i when we got him for free i was really surprised that barcelona le- Uh, let us have him after what they did back in 2013 and 14 with david via and it uh, actually resulted in the same outcome that we uh, won the league with the help of his goal right and also for madrid i mean somina mentioned before i think before you started recording with the number of injuries that madrid have had it's still very comforting to see them not only get to the semifinals of the champions league but the fact that you taken this down to the wire down to the last match against an atletico side atletico side that should have seen this through before how impressed were you with zidane and i mean rumors are that he will no longer be at real madrid come next season so is it a good way i know it's unfortunate that he didn't win any trophy this season but i mean what do you make of his management style this season I mean obviously if you ask me this question in December 2020 I would tell you that I'm you know more than happy to see Real Madrid make the semi-finals of the Champions League and finish uh, the season uh, you know the La Liga season with second on the table I mean that would really be a good achievement but considering that we are Real Madrid and you know even after winning trophies we you know we enjoy for five minutes and then we are like what's next you know what what can we achieve more so considering the situation that has been around the season 70 injuries and covid positive cases you know overall for us has actually been very very unfortunate because you don't see that happen very often you know i mean i i can't really put a name in the last 20 years it, you know which club has seen this kind of a injury track record i mean this just doesn't happen with any club so i mean you know i'm i'm really happy that we could actually end the season second and not only end second but we actually took atletico till the final minute and you know i mean we we kept fighting till the last minute i think so you know i think that is really a great achievement for us you know talking about zidane i i think you know this is a good time for him to leave because you know even though i'm really happy for him you know and i respect what he would he's done and you know he really came back and you know two seasons we have fought really well under him but i think this is a very good time to leave we have a few of our players that are leaving you know the legends of the club so you know we are finally somewhere in the middle of a transition so i think this is a really good time to uh, reform another team and you know find um, you know find a 
find another long term manager who can you know really steer this real madrid side into to a new dynamic real madrid who is not only going to you know be very good at crossing etc but you know actually be a lot playing football through the middle pressing a lot and you know have a complete different dynamic so you know i think this is a good time to leave uh, you know with all, all said and done i mean he will always be a, a legend and uh, we actually are giving him an opportunity to, to decide if he wants to leave because we are obviously not going to sack him so i i mean you know that is a really good end you can say to his second stint as a manager even actually i was uh, really impressed by real madrid this season they were beat like uh, atletico esque this season uh, they were uh, scoring a goal and hanging on to it and uh, with uh, with every grit and grind and uh, they were make uh, grinding out results and that actually impressed me a lot even uh, when we uh, when i saw sidan completely tripped i i was uh, really bit a uh, little bit doubtful of him because he used, used to having all those great players but uh, but when they, when there was this crisis and he showed showed uh, he showed that what he can actually do with by changing tactics changing formation and changing uh, with every passing game and this really showed uh, how great of a manager zidan really is and i was really impressed and they keep pushing us and pushing us pushing and pushing us until the last uh, whistle of the and- match 38 and for diego simeone i mean what a story for him as well and what do you expect now him to do at atletico madrid how, how does he build on from here actually is there anything left for him to do i am i'm i'm actually totally <laughs> <laughs> i am actually totally grateful for what simeone has done uh, and yeah. over these 10 years he has totally uh, transformed our club from a mid table team to to the position where we used to be back in the 70s he t- he took us and totally transformed us and won all these t- t- major titles and kept growing us and growing us and i think maybe it's time but we all know that he's not going to leave and uh, what he can do is keep on building on the f- foundation that he did in uh, in this past two seasons Uh, because uh, when he last won uh, in 2014 all the good players all left after this season uh, and went to other clubs but this time we have the stability and uh, the finance to keep keep hold of them and build on the success that we achieved this season good point good point really good point because you know i, I think uh, you know considering the way atletico have been over the past years i mean winning a league title keeping on to most of the player and actually fighting for the league again next season would actually be a very good thing for atletico because they really have a very good squad a very balanced yeah. squad so yeah. i think yeah, this is a very good point awesome all right so i guess that's all the time we have for this particular segment thank you archil and saminal for giving your thoughts on what was an exciting final game week or match day it was a pleasure to Pleasure talking to both of you and getting your thoughts on here. Congratulations once again to Sominal and any Atletico fan listening to this podcast. Commiserations to Real Madrid, but what a job that they've done this season. Despite them not winning trophy, it was still a very, very good effort put in by Madrid by Zidane and his players. But yeah, I guess I'll. I mean, see you all next season. Hopefully, we'll get to talking a bit more about Madrid and Atletico. But until that time, thank you once again for being on the podcast, and I can't wait to host you soon.
thank you so much pradeep and uh, you know congratulations uh, sarminal and uh, obviously any real madrid fan who's listening to this if you ever want to be a you know if you ever want to be a part of uh, bombay penya we are always uh, welcoming every every real madrid fan so you can find us on instagram you can also find us on twitter as bombay penya and yeah. do connect with us yeah i'll also tag the the handles once i post but yeah yeah thanks freddy thanks for having us and thanks archil uh and we also have a very good relations with uh, bombay penia and we generally joke about a lot in the twitter and uh, we are looking forward to do a lot of a lot of collaborations in the future thanks awesome all right so to those of you been listening to this episode that's it for part 1 of episode number 34 i'll catch you all on part 2 which is coming up right after this see you All right so welcome now to part 2 or segment 2 of episode number 34 now we turn our attention to the Bundesliga where there was something that was very interesting that happened yesterday because for the first time in over 40 years Werder Bremen found themselves relegated from the Bundesliga and to talk about this as unfortunate as it is we've got Andre and Andre welcome to the podcast and why don't you tell us a bit about yourself Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me here. Yes, like I said, my name is Andre. I'm 22 years old, live in Germany, and I'm a huge fan of Werder Bremen for my, the whole time. I guess I could say when when it was possible, I visit. Uh, I visited the stadium all the time. I, I got uh, got to the games to watch them. It's a pretty tough time right now. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. but uh, I'm. I'm I'm happy here to be here. Awesome. And okay, let's start off with what were your thoughts yesterday because obviously going into that game you were ahead of Köln uh Köln you were about to play the relegation playoffs but unfortunately given the result between Schalke and Köln you found yourselves in the relegation zone and found yourselves relegated. I just want to know what were your thoughts during that entire game? My main thought was that we we we're not going to make it i i definitely thought that much even though köln did score very very late against schalke but my thought the whole time even after the games started that we don't have much chances to to get in the relegation and probably i i, I thought the whole time that we're going to get Uh, releg and uh, end up in the relegation zone in the end and it it happened it it was very bad and very hard <laughs> yeah but what do you think led to this because Werder Bremen for a while i mean like i mentioned it's been 40 years since you found yourself relegated and that's no mean feat so i mean what's brought about this poor run of form this season basically the the it's pretty hard to say because it started very very soon not even last season i mean uh, it started for years that we're now at this point we didn't ma- made the the correct transfers of player not the re- uh, right decisions in in the management i think and uh, basically this uh, the bad de- uh, decisions that was made led to this over the years okay so now that 
you've unfortunately been relegated you know what's the future hold because you obviously have certain players like rashika for example who's been very heavily scouted by teams in the bundesliga and abroad as well so how important is it that werder bremen keeps some of their star players or do you fear that you may lose them to you know other such other bigger teams in the bundesliga or abroad as well I think we will lose some players like Milot Rashica. I think he won't stay to uh, he he won't go with Werder Bremen this second Bundesliga. I think he would be sold in the next transfer this summer. Also there there are a bunch of players that will I think unfortunately leave but for the future I think we we have to to make the right decisions. to play very well in the second bundesliga it would be a tough season because there are so many teams next seasons in the second bundesliga that want to get up the table to get uh, in the bundesliga back like hamburg like schalke but i think the main goal is to next season that them that they play very well and uh, get relegated uh, up again how confident are you that you will be promoted back again to the bundesliga because we've seen sometimes teams that do get relegated it's not always the case that next year they'll immediately bounce back like you mentioned there are some already some teams in the second bundesliga that are very very uh, you know who've had a history of being in the bundesliga who are very strong and even now if you look at like a team like schalke who's also had such a history of in the bundesliga and have been obviously not going through a good period right now but how confident are you that Werder Bremen could come back in the say in the next season or so. I'm very confident about it. I think that is the chance a chance for the younger players uh, to to show themselves, to show them to the world, to show them uh, to other teams in Germany that they can play very well and they're above the standard of the second Bundesliga. The the problem is if they don't get in the Bundesliga back again. next season it would be very tough uh, to to play in the in the top of the second bundesliga mm-hmm. uh, it's just what what now happens to to hamburg they also try to get up uh, back again after they get in re- uh, gotten relegated and now it's basically they 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 play very often up the ranks but in the end they can't uh, can't get it done in the end and i hope that werder don't uh, will not make this like the uh, like like hamburg um that's the most uh, thing that i'm scared of at the moment <laughs> yeah but okay so clone yesterday scored like in the 86 minute now that's quite late so how as time went on were you a little more scared or were you a little more relieved that kern hadn't scored against schalke as as time went on i was a bit relieved and scared at the same time because <laughs> yeah. uh, the time ran out and you 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 watching the clock and say oh come on don't don't and yeah. but then there there was the goal and i was like okay that's it because uh, vera was Uh, behind two goals against Gladbach yeah and then then there was the final whistle and then it's like yeah that's it we're we're relegated now <laughs> right i mean but of some solace is the fact that you did manage to get to a semi final of a pokal which is still impressive uh, i mean losing out to leipzig is not a 
something that you should be ashamed of. i think you know many bigger teams have fallen to leipzig but to get to that position is good which kind of means that there are signs that werder bremen do have enough to you know fight the big teams and kind of challenge teams on a regular basis yeah like yes it's, it's true it was a very uh, interesting uh, dfb pokal season this year very very they were teams that are considered underdogs in this mm-hmm. pokal uh, season and uh, it was very interesting to watch even though verder uh didn't make it uh, into the final but in the end uh, i think every every fan can proud uh, can be proud of uh, of this squad to to manage it to get it so far right and a word on your manager right now who's uh, thomas shaf i mean he's interim as far as i understand so do you think he gets the full time job or do you think the board would be looking for someone else who would be who would take up the permanent job to take them again i think they will looked for someone else they put him in this position only for this game and maybe the relegation games which now don't happen because cone got in the relegation not vera brain i think they will looking for a new manager no, the, I, the- I, you think it'll be another i mean former player i think that's kind of been your sort of go to someone <laughs> who's been playing for vera bremen so another ex vera bremen player becoming manager I don't I don't know because there there are many managers right now that are available but I don't think they're going for this again and say we have to do something uh, they have to say we have to do something new right now and yeah. uh, basically this is it has to be a new manager for sure perfect all right uh, i think i should put you out of your misery and i said when i say that <laughs> i think that we have run out of time but it's it's a tough pill to swallow but hopefully we get to see werder bremen get back to the bundesliga next season and then you know it'll be hopefully better times for for bremen and for you and for any other bremen fans out there so thank you andre but for coming on to this podcast and giving your thoughts i know it's a short segment but i hope to host you in the near future whether it be you know for similar such podcasts or for something bigger that talks about the bundesliga as a whole yes short sure. Awesome. All right. And to those of you who've been listening to this podcast, that's it for segment 2 or part 2 of episode number 34. I'll catch you all on part 3 which is coming up right after this. See you. All right. So, welcome now to part 3 of episode number 34 of the MWF series. And for part 3, we're going to be reviewing the tight top 4 race between Chelsea and Leicester City I know Liverpool were also involved but I think we're going to just focus on Leicester City and Chelsea now to help me we've got two guests on the podcast one who has been on the podcast many times before and one who hasn't so we've got Yashodan who is a part a member of the Bayside Blues which is the Chelsea Mumbai group supporters group and he's been on the podcast before talking Chelsea many a time and we've got Zachary who is a Leicester City supporter he hasn't been on the podcast before and he is the one of the admins of the North American Foxes supporters group which is the Leicester City supporters group in North America and yeah i'm glad that we could have him on here as well to let us know his thoughts on what happened in the past weekend now 
let's start off with the baseline question that is what were your thoughts on that game yeah so obviously the results in the other two games which is the liverpool game and the leicester game played a big role in our qualification to the champions league so when the game started i i just had one match on which was chelsea's and i didn't care about the other two games because i was hoping that chelsea would pull out a win and which would guarantee as the qualification and we wouldn't have to focus on the other two games but then i got a notification on my phone that uh, leicester had scored and then liverpool had scored and then we were missing so many chances and by the end of the first half we conceded and that was kind of a that's when i it struck that we might have to depend on the other two results and this is something that is not going to go down easy so yeah the match was a roller coaster of emotions i mean i couldn't handle the pressure i had to my dad was watching with me so he was pretty engrossed with the games too so it was a pretty fun night but a very tense situation for sure what i felt like during the uh, spurs match uh before kickoff was it was a must win situation we cannot let other results dictate what we need to do on the pitch against spurs and unfortunately while chelsea did lose to aston villa but with us losing this game as it felt like that it was definitely repeated last year to where during weeks 30 to 38 we were pretty much relying on other results and not getting results ourselves to help us try to win a champions league spot and once again it didn't happen all right so yashoda obviously it it was tense i i don't know whether you know in normal telecasts especially when i remember in india is that they sometimes show goals happen across the different games especially when it happens uh when the matches are on the same time i don't know if that happened as well on sunday but let's talk about you know some of the key moments of that game and what did you make of that i mean it, obviously it wasn't very great to go into the half trailing 1-0 but your misery was compounded even more when you gave away that penalty and a couple of decisions as well i mean obviously that offside call and all but especially that penalty what did you make of it yeah i mean already going down 1-0 that was a very cheap penalty to give away especially because i felt that jorginho could have done much much better he could have reacted much quickly and when i when we went down 2-0 then it was a major problem i mean that's when i started to like fear like because we've spent so much this season 250 million and ending up with such a good squad in the europa league was going to be such a horrible situation to be in and uh, so that's when i started praying that spurs somehow managed <laughs> to pull out a win or at least get a draw because i think if leicester had even drawn we would have gone through on goal difference yeah but i think we would have had to pull pull one goal in so yeah the goal difference also came into the picture as the once the second goal once we conceded the penalty so yeah my eyes were again we started i started making a few calculations how many goals do we have to score <laughs> how many spurs need to score there so it was yeah i mean by that time i felt that liverpool had almost uh, confirmed their destiny they were going to the champions league so it was up to spurs and hopefully for uh, up to us to get one goal back at least which we right. did later I, on. i also i want to ask you because you going you are going to have to play the champions league final in a few days from now how much was that playing on the minds of the players yeah i don't think the champions league final did matter because i know that 
and even the team must know that even Kovacic in his last night's interview he said that uh, Chelsea aren't uh, Chelsea are the underdog so i'm sure they know that putting giving everything or leaving it out on the champions league final wouldn't have been the right solution so they would have given everything for the uh, game versus villa and uh, yeah in the end you could see that because uh, once tukel found out that spurs had scored the third goal he asked our players to relax because the game was quite uh, quick paced and there were a lot of tackles going here and there so tukel once he found out the result you could see him asking the players to back off from the tackles relax a bit because then that's when he started thinking about the champions league game that i need to protect my players hope that they do not get injured so yeah they gave it everything but villa were simply too good and that was our problem our finishing and- that's one thing you we've seen so far we've been relying on clean sheets to win no definitely and i guess zakri i have a similar question for you which is I mean obviously more than what happened in the Chelsea game less the Leicester game was a full roller coaster like you said and in terms of the decisions there were a couple of them that were controversial to say the least i think definitely the third goal was one that probably changed the dynamic of the game and I, like Yashodan mentioned i think in terms of goal difference i don't think a draw would have sufficed but I mean, leaving it at two-two, it could have been Leicester that could have gotten the last-minute winner of sorts. But to have that that decision go against you, you know, did you find that little hard? Did you think that it hurt your chances? I feel like the lack of handball decision was not really the main factor of why we lost, because we can easily say that with them not calling a handball on that, could they easily came back to them not calling a handball on us during the FA Cup final against Chelsea. Sometimes you win those decisions, sometimes you don't. It just really depends on what VAR looks at and what referee you're going to have there as well. It was a bummer, but it wasn't necessarily a dagger in the heart. I mean, having spent a lot of time in the top four, I think Leicester has spent the most amount of time in the top four this entire season than the other teams. Yet, you know they didn't make it in the end and is it disheartening to know that you missed out on champions league for a second consecutive season it is definitely disheartening to be able to lose out on champions league twice in a row in this kind of fashion on the last day we were definitely kind of looking at some of the matches earlier in this stretch such as drawing 1-1 to southampton winner down to 10 men or lost to newcastle a few weeks prior to where it felt like that those games, the games against Spurs, some of the games against Leeds, the double loss to West Ham, a, just one match that we could have changed in the middle of the season would have helped us catapult to Champions League spots. And that's the thing that kills us. Also, does missing out on Champions League change the season from a success to a failure? I know you beat Chelsea in the FA Cup and it was a great achievement from Brendan Rodgers' side, but do you think that it might have slightly dampened the spirits of the squad. Me personally, I really think this season was not like a disappointment because we didn't get Champions League, only because we won the FA Cup. If we came out of this season with no trophies, really a poor showing in Europa League, and pretty much achieving the same result, then yes, I would agree that this season's a failure. A lot of our supporters are 
thinking that because of that FA Cup win against Chelsea, to finally get that trophy in our cabinet, that this season is successful overall. We had some injuries that definitely hurt us. We also had some COVID scares with all of our Belgian players, with some of our Turkish players, like Sagar Sionchu. He was out because of COVID issues. That the way that we competed in Europe and in the league, while taking all these on, was definitely not an easy feat. But there's always that one glimmer of hope that we could have pulled it out in the end. Other people were saying that if, let's say, we didn't win the FA Cup, but somehow got a Champions League spot, that would be another sign of success that we're progressing. And with us getting more points this season than we did last season, and how we're pretty much competitive, was showing a sign of success. There are some people saying that because we lost the Champions League spot again in this manner, that the season was kind of, not only an abject failure, but just mediocre or just gut-wrenching. I kind of agree with that because it's just it just felt like the same story over again. But with this FA Cup title, it really just puts an exclamation point. Now, if there was no trophies or really a bad showing in the Europa League, then yes, I would have considered this season a failure. But me personally, it's been a decent season for us. Okay, and Yashodan from... Obviously, you've got this very important game coming up. What do you think Tuchel will do for the Champions League final? Do you think he'll stick with the same sort of uh, formation or same sort of team that he put out against Aston Villa? And also, how does he solve what is becoming a very serious problem, which is your inability to score goals, especially from your front three? Yeah, first thing with regard to the team, I guess we're going to see a couple of uh, changes with respect to... uh... Kante coming back into the lineup. Uh, obviously, uh, he was injured and uh, we had to monitor his uh, hamstring for the final. And even Mendy got injured at halftime. So, we will see both Mendy and Kante come back, hopefully. The response which Tukil gave in last night's uh, press conference was that both are going to come back to training on Thursday, which is a, which are good signs. So, those are two changes you'll see. And probably you might see Havertz coming in for Pulisic in the final. Because Havertz looked uh, much more comfortable than Pulisic, I'd say, in the match versus Villa and in the recent games as well. And with regard to the finishing problem, of course, that's something which has been there since Tuchel has come on. And even when Lampard was there, we had problems with with Werner. I guess the other players were scoring a bit back then. But yeah, I think uh, it's going to be the same way how we countered Man City in the FA Cup game and in the Premier League where uh, we let them have the ball. We've got good players to counter-attack, probably use the pace of Werner, Havertz, Mount probably playing a bit behind those two and putting in the ball. So, yeah, we might see a couple of counter-attacks and hopefully we need to be very clinical. I mean, even one goal is uh, going to be a big boost. So, we got to go in and get that goal early. So, that is going to be one thing Tukil will focus on a lot and the mentality of the team because... When it's mattered this season, the team have not done enough. So, that's one thing. We probably need a big motivational talk from him. So, let's hope yeah. that the players do uh, stand up to the occasion. Rise up. I mean, you can't, I'm pretty sure Chelsea fans can't take yet another loss, a final loss in a span of what, two weeks or three weeks. But yeah, I, I mean, that Champions League final is going to be quite an exciting game. Uh, Yashodan, the last question that I have for you is, you made it to the top four, so 
another Champions League season by the skin of your teeth. I just want to know what do you expect now Chelsea to do come next season? How do they build up from here? From a fan's perspective, I'd, we'd obviously like to win the title, the league, but it is going to take a bit of a big effort, especially with the signings. We need a striker. And I think we are in the market for Lukaku, Kane, Haaland. But I think Lukaku is going to be the one who will probably come in. But even that's going to be very difficult. So, yeah, we are going, we'll have to look for uh, strikers and a few reinforcements. But I'm sure Roman would want the league title and that's what he expects from Tukil. So, we have to push Man City to the last day. We have to go for the title next season. Because I'm sure, I even though I would be fine with the second place or something like that, Roman would not because we've not won the league title yeah. for a long time. And even I believe that it's going to take another season before we win the league. But I'm sure Tukil and Roman are going to go in all out and uh, go get that league back. Yeah, and I'm sure, I mean, I think your dog agrees with you as well <laughs> on that. Yeah, sorry for that. <laughs> no, but that's fine. It's brilliant. I think he's got an opinion of this as well. <laughs> Quite a strong one as well. Uh, but Zachary, what do we expect from Leicester? Because this season, they've won a title, silverware. We The last time they did that, the next season wasn't so great. But, you know, you've constantly challenged for that top four spot. So, how do you expect or what do you expect from Leicester and Brendan Rodgers come next season? The biggest thing to expect from Leicester this coming season is we need to show our dominance in Europe. Because we can't see ourselves getting out of round of 32 again like we did this year against uh, Salvia Prague. We also need to make sure that we're getting healthy center backs and also be able to go find not necessarily a replacement for Jamie Vardy, but more of a compliment to Jamie Vardy. Just like we saw with Iliacho this year, where he was able to go create the chances and convert the chances that Vardy was either setting up for him or Vardy couldn't convert himself because of one issue or another. I think the other big excitement too is with us getting that new shirt sponsor to where, and this is just pure speculation, that it's going to be about 30 to 35 million pounds a season for three seasons that with this new investment into the club that we'll be able to complete some of the signings that we just weren't able to get over the line this past season because of finances or what other situations that just could not have been avoided. Also, with us getting Europe two years in a row, even though, yeah, it's a Europa League, it's going to go show other players that, hey, Leicester is getting the Europe again. I have a chance to show myself in the European stage. I might have a chance to go and be able to perform at the highest stages of European football with Leicester and don't necessarily have to be a bench warmer or always playing second fiddle to like your stars on your top six or just even other clubs in Europe. And I feel that with not only all that, but with the development of the Seagrave facility, it's showing that our ownership is wanting to spend, is wanting to win, and with our play on the pitch this past season, it's shown that we want to win as well against all the other big clubs, in not only just in England, but also with all Europe as well. But I will say this, and this is just my personal opinion, that if 
we don't come away with a trophy next season, either the Carabao, the FA Cup, league title, or Europa League, and we kind of show this same performance again to where we lose it out in the, in the last few matches, I really think that Brendan's going to be on the hot seat for just not able to qualify for the Champions League three years in a row and really not have anything but an FA Cup to show for it. All right, brilliant. I mean, thank you for that. And I guess that's about it. I think that's all the time we have for this particular part of segment. So thank you, Yashodan and Zachary, for coming onto this podcast and giving your thoughts. It was a pleasure having you on here. And I can't wait to host you in the near future. I guess that's, I suppose, that next season when both of your teams are back in action. But I mean, until then, it was a pleasure having you on here. And thank you for giving your thoughts. Yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Brady, and uh, hoping for a win this weekend in the championship. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, like I mentioned, man, I don't think Chelsea fans can take yet another loss here. And it's not a, it's not just a final loss in uh, two weeks. We've not won a final. We've not won our last three finals actually. So yeah, yeah it's I mean, yeah, really our... breaking if we end up on the losing side again. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I guess that's all the time we have for part three of episode number thirty-four. Thank you for sticking with us for this entire post 40 odd minutes of football content. And if you do like the content that we are putting out here, please do check us out on several different podcast platforms. It's basically any platform where you get your podcast. We are definitely there. And I guess I'll catch you all next time. I suppose until then, you all stay safe and I'll catch you all later. That's it for episode number 34 of the MWF series. I'm your host, Praddy. Once again, you stay safe and see you.